Hello, this is Sounds in the Shadows, a podcast about folklore, fairy tales and storytelling. I am Emily Collins, and I am joined for the last story I will tell this year by, of course, the snoring dogs, one of whom is snoring under my chair right now. The story I've decided to tell in this episode is a variant of The Goose with the Golden Eggs. It's called The Swan with the Golden Feathers, and I found it in a collection called 20 Jatuka Tales, retold by Nora Nayat Khan. And I looked up the pronunciation of both those names, and I do hope I'm pronouncing them correctly, and I apologise deeply if I am not. Nora Nayat Khan is an incredibly interesting woman. And I came across her, oddly, through a World War II spy film. Her mother was an American socialite. Her father was an Indian Muslim singer, professor of musicology and Sufi mystic. She was born in Russia and then raised in Britain. Nora was a pacifist and a follower of Gandhi's non-violent protests. But during World War II, both she and her brother felt that they had to do something to fight against the Nazis' tyranny. And they decided that they would do anything in their power except kill. Nora joined the Women's Auxiliary Forces, the WAFs, and was trained as a wireless operator. Having been a musician and an accomplished harpist, she was very, very good at being a wireless operator. She ended up being recruited to the Special Operations Executive. She was to be sent to occupied France to work with the resistance movements as a wireless operator. Previous to this, the only women sent into occupied territories had been couriers. The average life expectancy of a wireless operator in occupied territory was about six weeks. Despite worries about her family and her training having actually been cut short due to the shortage of wireless operators, Nora went into this extremely dangerous position. She was sent into France in June of 1943 and by October she had been betrayed and arrested. She made a number of nearly successful escape attempts and as such was labelled to be extremely dangerous and spent most of her time in captivity, which lasted more than 10 months, shackled and in solitary confinement. And during all this time, she refused to cooperate, refused to give up any information about herself, about her mission, or about her fellow operatives. Although other prisoners claimed that they could often hear her crying at night. In September of 1944, Norit Nayak Khan, along with three other female operatives, one English, two French, were executed at the Dachau concentration camp. She was posthumously awarded the George's Cross and in 2011 a bronze bust of her was erected in Bloomsbury where she had lived with her family. I came across her in the film A Call to Spy, a fictionalised account of the spying activities of Nora Nayak Khan and Virginia Hall. Before seeing this film I had never heard of this fantastic, amazing, incredibly brave woman. There was a throwaway line in the film by one of the British intelligence officers discussing her suitability where they mentioned that she wrote fairy tales. When I heard this, I, of course, looked up the fairy tales. Her retelling of 20 Jacta tales is still in print and I was able to get my hands on them. The Jacta tales are not fairy tales as I would traditionally think of them. They are stories about the previous lives and incarnations of the Buddha, both in human and animal form. One story that particularly stood out to me was The Bridge of Monkeys, which I would highly recommend 
anyone listening look up and read for themselves. But today I'm going to be retelling one of the stories I found in this collection, The Swan with Golden Feathers. And my retelling is based on the retelling of Nora Nayakan. Once upon a time, there was a poor family living on the edge of the woods. There was a father, a mother, and two daughters. They lived fairly happily, but as the daughters grew older, the man began to get more and more worried that he would never be able to save up enough to give his daughters a good dowry. One day, the man told his wife and his daughters that he was going off to seek a fortune, and he would either return with riches, or never return. The man went into the woods. He walked for a day and slept for a night, and walked for a day and slept for a night. And on the third day, he came across a being, a fairy, of sorts. The fairy creature asked the man what was he doing in the middle of the woods, and the man explained he had gone out to seek a fortune, and he would not return to his wife and daughters till he had one. The fairy creature laughed and struck him on the head. The man felt a strange sensation all over his body, a prickling, a tickling. His neck he turned from side to side, and as he turned his neck, it grew longer and longer and longer. He ran, or waddled, to a pool of water to see what had happened to him. He looked down into the water and saw he'd been transformed into a swan. But not any swan. He was a swan with feathers of pure gold. He stretched out his wings and flew back to the home of his wife and his daughters. He sat on the roof and waited till they came out. When he saw one of his daughters come out, he reached his beak deep into his feathery wings and plucked out a golden feather, which he dropped down to the girl. The girl called the feather and ran into her mother, saying, Mother, mother, look at what I have found. The next day, again the golden swan flew to the house of his wife and his daughters, sat on the roof, and when his second daughter came out, he again reached his beak into his wings, plucked out a feather, and dropped it down to the girl. Mother, mother, look what I have found. I have a golden feather too. And on the third day, the man flew back to his house, perched on the roof, and when his wife came out, he reached into his feathers, plucked one out, and dropped it down to her. The feathers were of pure gold. And so soon, the woman and her daughters grew very, very rich. For every day, the swan would come, pluck one of its golden feathers, and drop it down to them. But the woman began to wonder, what would happen if the swan someday didn't return? What would happen if someone else caught the swan? And so, she laid out a trap. She laid a trap very carefully in the courtyard of the house. And then upon it, she placed a blanket. And then she laid out all wonderful foods, all to tempt the swan down. That day, when the swan arrived, he saw the feast laid out for him, and of course flew down. As soon as he had settled, before he even had a bite of the food, the net closed tight around him. The woman ran out from the house, grabbed the swan, and threw him into a chicken coop. I have the swan with the golden feathers, the woman exclaimed. She reached out and took a great handful of his feathers and pulled them. The swan let out a cry of pain. But when the feathers left his body, they were no longer gold. They were simply white feathers. This enraged the woman. She reached out another handful, pulling them from his wing. She yanked the feathers out, but as soon as she tore them off his body, the golden feathers became nothing 
but feathers. This happened again and again and again. Every time the woman pulled a feather, it changed from gold to just a feather. And by the time she was finished, the poor swan was completely bald. The poor naked swan sat in the chicken coop as the woman ranted and raved for days on end about the stupid swan and the cruel trick that had been played upon her. Little by little, the swan's feathers grew back, but they were no longer gold. They were now the beautiful white feathers of the swan. And one day, when the woman wasn't watching and the chicken coop had been left open, the swan spread his wings and flew off, never to be seen again. So that's a short episode to end the year on. I would highly recommend anyone who's found this interesting, do look up Nora Naya Khan. There is so much more about her life that I didn't go into. Check out the film A Call to Spy, though bear in mind it is a fictionalised account. And if you can get your hands on a copy of her book, either through your local library or through a bookshop, I would again recommend it. I hope you've enjoyed the story. I hope you've had a good year. I hope next year will be even better. And goodbye. Goodbye.